2: Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. the volume. Volume. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their general tire, test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thank you to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the 2024 Colin Coward Show. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports, and now newly minted first-round picks like number one overall Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and more. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net with some of their first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out their most popular brands like Prism, Select, Donruss, and more, including Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen. Such as Draft Night Instance. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Colin Cowherd Show. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So whether you're heading out to explore a new trail, or looking to set a personal best on your daily run, start your journey off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Discover the power of advanced nutrition for strength and stamina at ProPlansport.com. That's ProPlansport.com.
3: This episode is brought to you by TV Stream. Introducing DirecTV Stream, the best of live TV and on demand, which means you can get all your favorite sports, movies, and shows together so you can watch new episodes of your favorite reality shows live or binge old episodes on demand. Either way, get ready for some drama. And the best part, DirecTV Stream has no annual contract. DirecTV Stream, get your TV together at directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet and compatible device. Content varies by package and location, restrictions
4: apply. The J-Boy Show is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to bet all the action than on FanDuel Sportsbook during the football season. Uh, there's, one, uh, there's many reasons why I like using it. I mean, betting on the NFL, they're America's number one sportsbook. It's easy to use. It's safe and secure. But I love the fast payouts. I'm huge on that. And you get it as quick as two hours. That's tough to find and even harder to beat. Uh, and, you know... The convenience of it, you know that there's a lot going on. There's a lot of games, whether it's live betting, whether it's betting before the games, you know the spread, or you're taking the overs, the unders. They make it unbelievably easy to use, and the boosts, the odds, the specials that they run uh, are unbelievable. You get risk-free bets and same-game parlays. You get enhanced odd markets and a ton more. It's just a win-win for everybody. And if you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now and sign up with the promo code JBoy. That's J B O Y. Let them know that I sent you. 21 and older and present Arizona. Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Gambling problem, call 1 800 NEXT step or text NEXT Step to 53342 in Arizona. 1 888 789 quadruple seven or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1 800 Gambler or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Virginia. 1 800 270 7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Tennessee Redline 1 800 889 9789 or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia.
5: Live from the College Football Hall of Fame, welcome to the J-Boy Show on the volume. Presented by FanDuel and
2: hosted by Jake Crane.
5: This is Roman Harper. This is Derek Stingley Jr. This is David Pollock,
0: and you're watching the J-Boy A-Show. And you're watching the J-Boy Show.
2: And thanks for watching the J-Boy Show.
4: All right, we are back again on another Monday, baby. We got the Monday Reaction Show after another very interesting weekend Mm -hmm. of college football. Uh, We're on Twitter Live now for the first time, so shout-out our audience that's watching on Twitter. But as usual, shout-out to the Booster Club. If you don't know what the Booster Club is, the Booster Club is the live chat we have on YouTube. We go live every weekday, 3 to 4 Eastern. Hop in there. Look, a lot of rumors floating around. It's been the greatest grassroots movement since jazz, democracy, the Renaissance. There's a lot of different, you know— Uh, areas we can look at, but the Booster Club is growing like a weed. Uh, Make sure you hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube as well. Follow us on Twitter at the J-Boy Show and Instagram if you're watching us on Twitter and tell a friend. Got an unbelievable show for you today. We're going to start off talking about Dan Mullen. Obviously, that's been the news of the weekend being let go at Florida. Going to talk about which job is better, LSU or Florida. But Scott Strickland, his hand was forced, and there's a guy that people are throwing their name uh, that uh, they're throwing his name in the mix for Florida that I don't see him getting hired. We have Chris Doring, uh, former standout. Walk on to scholarship to All-American to NFL now on the SEC network. He's talking about if he thinks the decision was right. Some names to watch including one within the SEC and his last name is a very familiar name but his first name's not Bob. I'll let you dive into that uh, before we get there. We're going to give our five stars of the weekend as well. We're going to get Justin Hokinson. We're talking Auburn. You're hearing the Harsin to Washington rumors. Is it just smoke? Is there actually some legitimacy to it? And what the hell's happened to Auburn? They've fallen off a cliff. I know Bo Nix got hurt but again another Lackluster performance at South Carolina, two years in a row that they've lost. We're going to talk with him, and then we're going to give you our, our weekend reactions, play a little over uh, under reaction, and give you our picks. Last week, uh, great job, gentlemen. Twenty eight and fifteen overall. The numbers just they, they keep moving up. We're at sixty one percent right now. Cone leading the way at eleven and four. You, you deserve really, that. You were really. Hey, you were really. Yeah. You were really the Sacagawea of the yeah. situation last weekend, <laughs> yeah, hey. leading us to the, <laughs> <laughs> the promised land. Where's the river? Where's the pond? Where are the mountain lion? <laughs> that you navigated hey, big, us through. Hey, big week for you now. Yeah. That was you, good. Big week for you. you oh,
0: big, oh, this is the biggest. You
4: week. were like the hunchback off 300 that showed us the goat path. Thank you. Know, you know, to That's be able to yeah. get through
0: the hot gates. It's kind of like, oh, the Thesiastically. Cool. So the oh, whatever compliment. whatever his name was. Well, like no, I'm, dress, not, listen, I'm not saying you deformed. can go with that. Or hey, you go with hey. it when you. After you two kick. weeks in the red, I'll take whatever I can get. Absolutely. buddy, okay, for sure. Okay. You got eleven our, and four. You got
4: Butler,
6: and you're kicking people into endless wells. Yeah, so, I mean, this is madness. I've this is Cone. One. I've seen this this that this is one. Cone,
4: <laughs> the the leather bound <laughs> book. But listen, adversity it reveals character. You're right. It doesn't build it, it reveals it. Ooh. And you've shown yours. Your, Golly, your, your you're you're a legend. You know that. Well, listen, wow. I like are gassing a
3: legend. you up. I like gassing you up, especially when you
4: do well. But, but, speaking of people that we thought may had a chance to be legendary but ended up not being. Dan Mullen was let go at Florida after what has been an absolute spiral session downward this year, coming off a year where you represented the East in the SEC championship, played Bama about as well as anybody's played them, and it got to a point. And there's, there's certain levels that you get to, especially when you've had some success like Dan Mullen has had, for you to be fired after one year, It's either one of two things. Either you did something off the field that they had to fire you for, or it was so bad on the field with the rest of the landscape around you, and you look at the trajectory of Georgia and the recruiting. You look at the trajectory of Tennessee. Hell, look at the trajectory of South Carolina with Shane Beamer right now and Missouri with Drink. All it's going to do is take one year if they can figure it out on the defensive side of the ball and continue to be able to put points on the board to where you're going downhill in a league that a lot of people are pushing uphill and you can't afford to go down any further. And Scott Strickland got pushed to the point where either you keep nosediving or you, you hit the eject button. And his hand was forced, and he had to hit the eject button. And we're going to talk with Chris Doring about whether it was the right decision, and I keep going back to it, and I look at the landscape because there's multiple circumstances that lead to a decision like this, and it has to line up, and it has. And if you're Scott Strickland, I don't know how you couldn't fire him with everything that's going on. You go out, you get blown out by South Carolina, you give up half a hundred to Sanford, you're dancing in the locker room like you just won the championship, and then you go out and lose to a Missouri team, that's been awful this year. And then you're about to play Florida State, and there's a question whether you're going to be bowl eligible or not at Florida. It's unacceptable, and it was the right move. And we talked all last week that if you're an AD and you look at the whole periphery of college football, USC's open, LSU's open, Miami looks like it's about to be open, Washington's open. There's more jobs that are popping up every single day as that sign in period got moved up to December. You are now entering an area where there's a ton of demand for elite head coaches, but the supply's just not there. And a lot of, a lot of people are going to throw out the Lane Kiffin to Ford a name. We talk about this with Doring. We talk about this with David Waters that we're going to drop later on in the week. Scott Strickland, in my opinion, and in the opinion of a lot of people close to the program, does not want to hire Lane Kiffin. He doesn't want to hire him. And I understand that the first name that a lot of people grab is Lane Kiffin, but there's some ADs regardless that it would take a whole hell of a lot for them to have to hire that guy. And I don't see it, and I'm not alone. You've heard Billy Napier, a name that that has been thrown around early in this Florida search, and typically the first name you hear isn't the guy that gets the job. But you look at the supply out there, and you say, okay, well, you know LSU's going to get a good one. And LSU and Florida are both top ten jobs in the country. But you may have to take a chance on a guy like Billy Napier. You may have to take a chance on a guy that may not be the biggest flash, the sexiest name there is. And a name you're starting to see pop up under the radar, and I don't want to jump the gun too much before this interview, is Mark Stoops. It's not Bob Stoops. And everybody keeps throwing out Bob Stoops' name, and he was a hell of a coach. But, but do we not forget the, the problems with the love of recruiting? that Bob Stoops had, it's amazing how quickly people forget that. And if you're looking for a qualification right now, and it's always been like this in college football, but especially right now at a place like Florida, when you're having to fight off the juggernaut that is Georgia right now, and you look around the rest of the East, let alone the West, and who knows what's going to happen with Oklahoma and Texas being added. Are they going to go to pods? Are they going to keep it divisional? Are they going to go to it like the SEC does in college basketball with the rotation, which in my opinion is the best way to do it? You've got to get a guy that can come in and, in and is in love with recruiting. Not just a good recruiter or not understanding, well, we have to recruit. He's in love with it. You want to know why? Because the guys you are going up against, the Kirby Smarts, the Josh Hypels, the Jimbo Fishers, they love it. They love doing it. And it's 24-7. You have to fall in love with recruiting because we talk about the three pillars on this show all the time, right, of a successful program. Recruiting development and culture well it sure as hell's hard to get to development and culture when you don't have the players to do it yep <clears throat> so when you look at this job and you look at the decision scott strickland had to make he was caught in between a rock and a hard place and the decision was forced on him by what was going on on the field there wasn't some huge off the field problem with dan mullen other than dan mullen not exactly being a media darling mm-hmm. not exactly being that you know the guy next door that will come over and mow your lawn without asking. That, that's not Dan Mullen. He's a little quirky. He's a little bit different, but they were winning. And when that happens, you can be that way. But when you lose, and you lose the way that they lost, because this has been a, a spiral downward of epic proportions for Florida. Who would have who thought coming into the season? Now, I had them finishing fourth in the East and correct. caught all type of hell for that, mm-hmm. and I didn't have them finishing low enough apparently. But who would have thought that outside of some crazy off-the-field situation that Florida would have to be replacing a coach? We knew that Edo was in a little bit of hot water because how bad they were last year and how bad the hires were and the stuff that he came out and said and the the off-the-field stuff that went along with it. But this one came out of left field. That's how bad of a season that Florida had. And we're going to have this debate on what's a better job, Florida or LSU. And there is logical and rational thoughts on both sides. But before we dive into that, before we Greg Louganis our way into that, last three head coaches at LSU went a natty. Last three head coaches at Florida got fired. You look at the state of Louisiana, there is no Miami. There is no Florida State. It's LSU and the Saints. LSU's not getting spurned by McNeese State (laughs) or Tulane. And we know Louisiana per capita is one of the best states in the country of producing talent. Fruitful. Now, on the other hand, Florida is right up yep. there. Florida is right up there. I mean, hell, hell, they share the panhandle. You can make a living just on the panhandle, let alone getting down into, into the middle of Florida, into South Florida, Pahokee, the muck, that type area. And you can win a national championship, and you can flip Florida like that. I'm not saying that. But when you're looking at these two jobs, which one is better, you are splitting hairs. You are looking at the minutia of two situations. And right now, I think in the landscape of everything, with the state of Florida up for grabs, and you can make the argument that Florida may be a little more appealing because the state is up for grabs. But in Louisiana, the state's never up for grabs and never will be up for grabs. So it's it's splitting hairs, it's close, but right now you've gotta lean toward LSU being a little bit better of a job, right? Yeah, I, I mean, Cody. So. am I crazy
0: there? No, no, no. I, th- I, think, I think you're right. I think that in terms of Louisiana versus Florida, I mean, I don't know. Florida, The state of Florida may have the best high school talent in the country. I mean, you know, putting up mm-hmm. against Texas, Ohio, California, all of them. But you are having to split it between three different schools. Usually all three of those schools are, are dominant. Right. You mm-hmm. know, and so the, the fact that you I mean, LSU is right up there in terms of high school talent and they don't have to share with anybody. No one's going straight from high school to the Saints. OK, yeah, and yeah. that's the that's only true. problem that they would have. Now, what about Florida being in the east, though? OK, does that make it a mm. little bit more appealing that you get the SEC love? when it comes to recruiting, but not have to go through the West Gauntlet? Or does Kirby being at Georgia just make it a moot point?
4: Well, I, I think Georgia's pushed themselves so far ahead in the pecking order of, of the college football elite and their roster is so deep. Because look, at Florida, they're not trying to finish second in the East. Like, Florida hates Georgia as much oh, as anybody. Yep. And, and Florida sh- the standard at Florida should not yeah. be second in the East. That- but when you're looking at it, in my opinion, mm-hmm. would I rather be in the East or the West? I would much rather be in the East. But I'm telling you guys, it's not just about Georgia. Mm-hmm. If Tennessee can keep Heupel there and the NCAA stuff, you know, doesn't come down and hammer them, That's a place that you could flip, and that's scary. Shane Beamer at South Carolina, I'm just telling you guys, he's going to take a roster that is a three, four-win roster and flip it into a bowl team that beat Auburn and Florida, and it's not going to be a cakewalk for Clemson. I I promise you that. Mm -hmm. And if he beats Clemson, I know Kirby's going to win Coach of the Year, and he should, but Shane Beamer's name has got to be in there. And you talk about recruiting momentum. Look, that guy can recruit his hair off, man. I'm just telling you. The guy's an unbelievable recruiter. He gets it. He's recruited the Midwest. He's recruited the West Coast. He's recruited the East Coast. He's recruited the Northeast. Being in the East is easier right now, in my opinion, but... You look three, four, five yeah. years down the road, what's going to happen with Oklahoma Texas, and is there even going to be an East in sure. two or three uh, years? I that's, yeah. what,
6: that's what I was going to say. The East right now would be okay, but the East in three to four years is an extremely yeah, scary but, but again, side of the conference. Yeah, but
4: if it's pods, you throw it all yeah, out the window. you throw now. it
6: all out. And I think a lot of it has to do with LSU and Florida's relevancy. You know, LSU's been extremely relevant, especially in the national <laughs> national championship realm. And you look at Florida, I believe Florida has like 100, 100 more SEC conference champions than anybody in the SEC. And, and Florida, you go packed those Urban Myers. that it was Florida and it was everything about Florida. It, it was wasn't Florida and football and basketball. It wasn't even it was, close. It wasn't it was. even close. And when you look at Florida and LSU, who is better, that's just such splitting hairs. It but is. I would say LSU right now because you really don't have another in-state school that you're scared of and just the relevancy in the national championship. LSU's been there. You just said the last well,
0: three coaches. Yeah, but when you say relevancy, does that make Florida even more appealing? Because like we've talked about before, you're coming into a situation where you could either, like you, like you just said, okay, you just got hired at LSU. The last three coaches have won national titles. That's sort of the bottom. Or you could go over to Florida where the last three coaches have been fired and you're sort of bringing a program back to the Urban Meyer days, right? Does that make it more appealing? I'm not <laughs> saying that deal. that makes it a better job than LSU. I think LSU is a better job right now. But in terms of going and getting someone, okay, that top talent that you want to come be the head coach, does that make Florida more appealing? Yeah.
4: And, and again, I don't want us to act like Florida hasn't won anything the past three or four years. They were in, I'm not saying you were, hold on. They were in the SEC championship mm-hmm. game last year. But But using the, hey, we haven't been relevant for a while. You can be the guy to bring us back to relevancy. I could say the same thing about LSU, even though it hasn't been that long. The last two years okay. have been a huge letdown. You let LSU fans sip it from the cup <laughs> in 2019. You got them drunk on the good stuff and then fell down the stairs the next two years. So the next guy that can come back to LSU can say, hey, listen, guys, I'm about to resurrect us back to where we were in 2019. And we cannot forget. The college, the way you can flip a program with with the cachet of an LSU or a Florida is even now is even easier because of the transfer portal. And it's not having to bring guys from one side of the country into your conference. You can stay in the same division and you you hire a, a sexy name at Florida or a splash hire that gets everybody excited. You will see big time transfers go to Florida because while the head coach may not be there or the guy that was there before, the brand name lives on. That Florida logo has a lot of cachet because I know they have won national championship in a while but high school kids even now know who Tim Tebow is oh yeah high school kids even now know that Cam Newton went to Florida and transferred from Auburn they know that Florida can be legit it's just you got to get the right guy in there who's in love with recruiting so again when we're comparing these jobs we have to make sure that we understand that both are elite jobs you can flip both very quickly and we're splitting hairs down to the minute details of what separates one from the other and we're going to get Chris Doring in here in a second Blaine
6: what's the booster club saying all right we got Got a question here from Grant Brown, hashtag AskJBoy, and he says, why would Ricks, and Eli Ricks, I believe he's talking to the the Mm -hmm. DB from LSU that just entered the transfer portal, not just declare for the draft instead of transferring?
4: Well, he's smart because again Why would I go ahead? You can Send your name in and send your tape in and get Results back on where you could possibly Be drafted. You can have an idea of that And not sign with an agent. What I think Eli Ricks is saying is If if I send my grade in and I don't Like it or it's not as high as I want And I want to come back to college. I want to Go to a college that's different Than LSU. So he's setting himself Up for a fallback plan on being Able to transfer somewhere else and look Let's not act like it's not going to come down to probably Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State if he does decide to come back. But just because he entered his name in the transfer portal doesn't mean he won't declare to go pro. He's just covering all his bases, which means he's getting good information from smart people and it's a CYA move. It's a fallback if I don't like my grade and I want to return to college. I want to go somewhere else other than LSU. So it's a smart move and he won't be the only one in my opinion that does it.
6: Love it. Got a question here from Kyle Kennedy. Assuming Diaz, Manny Diaz gets the boot from Miami, what do you think happens to OC Red Rhett Lashley, does he get a head coaching job at a smaller school or does he be the O.C. somewhere else?
4: You know, if I'm Rhett Lashley, Troy just opened up. Mm-hmm. That job is very interesting to me. I think Rhett Lashley needs to go be a head coach at a G5, whether it's in the Sun Belt, somewhere like that, because, look, red is, is a smart guy in this business. All right. And it happens sometimes the head coach you're working for is fired. You lose the Eric King beginning of the year. Bama has a habit of breaking ACC teams the first game of the season anyways. But to me, if I'm Rhett, I'm going to try and go get a G5 head job somewhere uh, and and work my way up the head coaching ranks a little bit. Look, I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up anywhere as an OC. A lot of people respect Rhett. He won't have a problem finding a job. But I think it's time, if he can, to really try and get one of those G5 jobs and see how high he can go as a head coach. Now, look. I'm telling you guys right now, and the more I hear about it, if Manny Diaz is let go, I think Lane Kiffin's a frontrunner for Miami. Mm. I'm just, I've talked to multiple Ole Miss sources that agree. We've talked, you know, we talked to Andy Slater, uh, guys down there in South Florida that feel like, you know, if they're able to scrape up enough uh, to get Lane, which I think they will, because remember, the Ole Miss buyout, what's it, $4.5 Yeah, Somewhere it's around. easily gettable. It's
6: nothing crazy. Yeah. It's nothing crazy. So, hey, speaking about Kiffin and Rhett Lashley, both fans of the show. Both fans yeah, of the show. Both, both guys
4: we've had on the show. True fans of the show. For sure. For, for uh, sure.
6: We got a question here from Dakota Faulkner. What's up, Dakota? He says, hashtag Boy, would Lane Kiffin have a greater first year with LSU or Florida, given the current rosters? Hmm, that's a good question.
4: Uh, given the current rosters?
6: And I guess take
4: the transfer portal into account, right? See, it's hard for me to, to answer that without knowing who all is leaving, because it's still so early mm-hmm. with Mullen. I still think LSU. Really? I still think LSU. Gotcha. I do. You know, at, at the end of the day, both, again, and it's splitting hairs. It's really tough to, to decide one or the other. But LSU, to me, I think you can get talent quicker than you can at Florida. I just – I think so. Gotcha. Right now. I, I really believe that. One more, Blaine, and we'll get to Chris Doring.
6: All right, we got a question here from Superior Thruster. What's Ooh, up, Superior? Oh, wow, that's what yeah. they called me in high school. Hashtag AskJBoy, that's a layup. Chances on much um, Will Muschamp coming to Auburn as the D.C.? <laughs>
2: Look,
4: champs, they've said hire champs D.C. of Florida again, whoever they bring in. It's just funny watching this laundry cycle just go and go and go. Look, will Auburn fire Derek Mason after one year? I'd be shocked. Um, But if they did, look, Will Muschamp's as good as a candidate as anybody. I'm just wondering when somebody's going to go get Zach Arnett from Mississippi State that un-
6: uh, he's the most Dan un- Lanning.
4: He's the most. Dan Lanning isn't leaving Georgia as the DC to go to be Auburn. Go to Auburn, maybe Auburn. Auburn's DC.
6: I, I mean, if you're Auburn right now, i would be worried about my head coach right now. I mean, yeah, we're gonna talk there, about yeah. that <laughs> with
4: Hokinson. But but look, I mean, if they did let Derek Mason go, Muschamp would be as good of a candidate as anybody. He's a hell of a DC. Nobody's ever made the argument that, Will Muschamp's not a good D.C. It's It's been the head coaching rank. So, I mean, I'd give him as good as a chance as anybody. Uh, you know, he we went over there to Georgia, and then the stuff happened with Scott Cochran. He got elevated to a full-time guy. We'll see. Look, these guys, it's just how, how long does he want to be a D.C., you know, and go through the rat race of it? That, that's the question. Yeah. But he'd be as good as a candidate as anybody. But, hey, let's get Chris Doring in here, talk a little bit about this Florida job. All right. Give me a second here. Do your thing. Do your thing. All right, everybody, excited to welcome in former Florida standout, Hell of an NFL player, hell of a player in general. You can catch him on the SEC network. And what a better guy to bring in with the Dan Mullen news at Florida uh, than a former standout Florida wide receiver. Chris Doring. CD, what's up, man?
5: Jake, how you doing, bro? Good to be back with you. Unfortunately, uh, I wish it was under some different circumstances for my alma mater. I mean, this thing is beginning to be quite the cycle every four years. Seems like almost uh, like the Olympics or something, man.
4: Yeah, it's almost like, you know, being in the White House, you get four years and then making a change. But uh, I want to ask you right off the jump, CD, was this the right decision in your eyes at at this moment in time?
5: I don't know if it was the right decision. I think it was a decision where there was not a whole lot of other options to be made, unfortunately. Um, I'm not surprised by much, Jake, when it comes to college football these days, but the precipitous nature, the decline, the bottom falling out of this thing so rapidly is what really caught me off guard. Because a a year ago, we were talking about Florida playing Alabama in the SEC title game better than anybody else played them the entire season. And here we are, um, you know, less than a year later with Florida sitting at five and six, uh, a broken relationship between Dan Mullen and the Athletic Association there, amongst Dan Mullen, the fan base for that matter, uh, so I don't think there was anything else that could have been done, uh, but it's just unfortunate that we're here. We are again looking for a new coach in Gainesville. Yeah, you
4: know, it, it almost and and you bring up the point. Seems like you know Scott Strickland's hand was forced because you know at one point you look at the trajectory of Georgia and Tennessee and even South Carolina. Now after the win over Auburn, you look at where Ford is going. Kind of the downward trajectory. It, it almost feels like it was it was a forced hand. Now you look at the landscape. Uh, I talked about this last week. There's going to be a lot of supply for top head coaches at some top jobs, but there's, or excuse me, there's going to be a lot of demand, but is there enough supply out there right now uh, for, for a place like Florida? Okay. Who are some candidates that stand out in your mind right now?
5: Well, first, Jake, I, I think you make a great point because this even further illustrates the, what Scott Strickland felt like had to be done because it's not an ideal situation, right? There's yeah. a limited pool of coaches out there, none of which to me look like home run, can't miss hires. All of them come with some layer of, of risk associated. Uh, and the existing big hitters, USC, LSU, already in the market for a new head coach, make it one that is going to create a sense of urgency uh, like we may not have seen before. So uh, I do think, you know in, in talking about what's next, the qualifications, let's talk about it. Yeah. Recruiting yeah. has to be one of the top things on the, the list uh, of, of, of things that this guy does really well. Uh, That was one of the discussions about Dan Mullen and his staff not doing really well, and one of the things I think that expedited the exit of of Dan Mullen. Um, I think you also have to have some sort of relationships within the state of Florida. Um, You look at the state of football in the state of Florida, it is really down right now in Florida, Florida State, Miami, primarily because Clemson, Georgia, Alabama all come in and take the top prospects. Where that was once unheard of has now become the norm. So you have to have some relationships in the state of Florida. I believe still that you have to be an offensive-minded head coach. I agree. Uh, Fit is one of the most important things, as we talk about in in, in SEC football these days. The fit of Shane Beamer in in Columbia, the fit of Sam Pittman in in Fayetteville, those things were were natural uh, fits there. I think you have to have the right fit in Gainesville, and that starts with being an offensive-minded head coach as well, in my opinion.
4: Yeah, well, there's one guy that has two of those qualifications, C.D. Uh, Lane Kiffen has a house in Boca. We know he loves the, the Florida lifestyle, and he's an offensive-minded guy. But I've been told that Scott Strickland's not a huge fan of Lane Kiffin from the people that I know. Do you think there's a chance that we could see Lane Kiffin in Gainesville or a chance to see Hugh Freeze in Gainesville? I, I don't really see it right now.
5: Yeah, I, I think you and I are probably talking to a lot of the same people because I've heard the same thing about mm-hmm. Scott Strickland and, and his weariness of, of uh, hiring Lane Kiffin. It uh, doesn't seem like a, a great fit from that standpoint. Uh, obviously, remember he and Greg Byrne, good friends, the athletic director at Alabama, the exit mm-hmm. of, of Lane Kiffin from Tuscaloosa a few years back probably create a little bit of, of bad feeling there. Um, so I think that's an issue. I can tell you what. My friends, other fans that I know in this Florida fan base, have all been clamoring for Lane Kiffin. Uh, all of them comparing him to Coach Spurrier and, and his innovation on the offensive side and being the guy that's calling the plays and doing it with a, a, a passing flair um, that, that would certainly appease that desire that Florida fans have for offensive mm-hmm. football and scoring points. But I, I do think, um, you know, there's another coach within the SEC that I actually think would be a good fit. Doesn't necessarily fit the offensive minded side, but. I think you have to have a great balance between uh, a passion for recruiting, which Kirk Smart does. Nick Saban still does at the age of 70. Uh, but you also have to be able to recruit that talent, too. And, and the job that Mark Stoops has done in, in Lexington mm. is, is what I think needs to be done in Gainesville. And let's not forget, Mark Stoops was passed up by Florida State a few years back. When they hired Margaret Narvell. it seemed like Mark Stoops would have been a good fit in Tallahassee. That didn't necessarily happen. So I, I don't know how interested – Um, either party would be in having Stoops come to town or Stoops wanting to leave Lexington, but that's an interesting name in my opinion as well.
4: Yeah, now that's not the, I guess, sexiest splash name out there that Florida fans would go nuts for, but I'm with you, CD. You look at what he's built at Kentucky, and he's built it the right way. You know, you've built it from the inside out, like Jimbo's trying to do at AM right yep. now, because that's the only way that you're going to be able to compete with Alabama and Georgia. Uh, they've been the monopoly guys for offensive and defensive linemen, like you mentioned, and then Clemson coming into the state and, and taking players and, and uh, the different schools that have been able to come in there and have success, Georgia as well. What I'm wondering, CD, is eventually somebody in my opinion, is going to get smart and hire Dan Lanning to be the head coach. Uh, you look at him, in my opinion, you look at Mike Elko at A&M, too, but Dan Lanning's a young guy, an unbelievable recruiter, very passionate. The guys love him, understands, you know, has the blueprint. But would Florida hire a guy from Georgia? W- would that work? W- would that work?
5: I don't I, I, I don't think the, the Georgia tie has anything to do with it as much as not having been a head coach before. I, I think mm-hmm. that's the, the thing that Florida does not have the – Luxury of, of taking that chance on. Um, this is a, a hire you have to hit if you're Scott Strickland. This is the most important hire yeah. of his tenure in Gainesville. Like, there's a lot of Florida fans that are not happy with Scott Strickland uh, at this point in time either. So this is a there's a lot of pressure and urgency with for Strickland to make the right hire here yeah. too. I don't think you can go that way. Unfortunately, I do think Dan Lanning is going to be an a, a incredible head coach, and somebody will will take advantage of that opportunity at some point. But I don't think that's one that, that Florida can necessarily go to at this time.
4: All right, CD, last question for ya. Uh, also, you. Also, you guys need to check out pregame in the SEC, him and Hes, uh, Hester's show. It's, it's really fascinating stuff. You know, y'all, y'all guys are my boys anyway, but I, I love checking out uh, all the stuff you'll have over there. But, CD, I know you're going to be a little biased because you played at Florida, but I think you do a good job of not being biased. You're one of the few people that do. So I'm going to ask you this straight up. Better job to be a head coach at right now, today. LSU or Florida. The floor is yours, CD.
6: Yeah, you know,
5: Jake, Peter Burns and I had this very argument (laughs) off camera today. We had it on camera today as well. Uh, I do think that uh, Florida is the better job. And I think Florida is the better job specifically right now, right? Given what's going on in the state of Florida, that there's no real big dog. Florida State, you know, struggling. Miami's struggling. This is an opportunity for somebody to go in and take advantage of the rest of the state being down, take advantage of the facilities that are being built. Florida's about to unveil a, an $80 million-plus uh, practice facility and, yeah. and, and football-only facility that they'll be able to recruit to. So I do believe, even though you know the, the stats that Peter would, would spout to me are, hey, three different coaches have won national championships there in the last uh, 20 years, but I, I do think that that Florida and the hotbed of recruiting talent that's in that state Still makes it a a slightly better job, although I think both are probably top five, top seven jobs in the country.
4: Yeah, it's, it's amazing to see both of them open at the same time and seeing the track that both of them will take because they are both, you know, elite jobs. I mean, top 10 jobs in the country. CD, you always do such a great job, brother. I appreciate you coming on on short notice. Everybody check out the SEC Network, SEC Football Final. As we get down here toward the end. All right, CD, I, I know I told you that was the last question. Sorry, I lied. Give me your top four right now. Okay. Just right now. Your top four for the playoff I- right now.
5: My top four, I put it in as, uh, as uh, Georgia number one, Alabama two, Ohio State three, although uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see them uh, at the number two spot when the committee releases the rankings this week. And I reluctantly have Cincinnati at four, oh. although I don't necessarily believe their body of work warrants it. I think if, and even if they are in the top four, Jake, it's only going to be a matter of time. Oklahoma State, in my opinion, has the best opportunity yes. to supplant them with, with Oklahoma left and Baylor in the uh, Big 12 championship game, presumably. I think that uh, Cincinnati's going to find themselves being disappointed, and this might even hurt worse, dipping their toe in that top four and then only to be passed as the uh, more important rankings come out at the end of the year.
4: Yeah, it's going to be a heck of a race. Michigan, Michigan, or Michigan, Ohio State going to settle that on the field as well. CD, I appreciate it, my friend.
5: Always, Jake. Thanks, man.
4: All right, brother. Enjoy a football feast this Thanksgiving day by winning $150 on a $5 bet when you join FanDuel Sportsbook. New customers, this is your chance to gobble up 30-1 to 1 odds. Just place your first bet on any NFL team to win Thanksgiving day. I'm going to take the Cowboys minus 7 at home against the Raiders. The Raiders look absolutely dysfunctional right now. Cars struggling a lot. Cowboys coming off a game which they did not play well offensively against the Chiefs. Dak looked a little out of sorts. I think they bounced back at home, get a big win. I think they win uh, Obviously, by more than seven, I think they win by 10 or more. And look, FanDuel's sports betting made simple, and they're always hooking you up with great offers. And this offer I'm telling you about is just one of the many reasons why I love betting the NFL on FanDuel. They're the number one rated sportsbook app in America. They're easy to use, and most importantly, they're safe and secure. And when you win... You'll get paid in as little as two hours. That's a pretty cool caveat as well. But sign up with the promo code JBOY, that's J-B-O-Y, to get in on the action and celebrate Thanksgiving by winning $150 on just a $5 bet. Remember to use the promo code JBOY, that's J-B-O-Y, when you sign up exclusively on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. 21 and older in present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. New
1: users only. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been
2: TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thank you to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the 2024 Colin Coward Show. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports and now newly minted first round picks like number one overall Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and more. If you're into cutting edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net with some of their first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out their most popular brands like Prism, Select, Don Russ, and more, including Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen, such as Draft Night Instance. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Colin Cowherd Show. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. at ProPlansport.com. That's ProPlansport.com. $10
4: Ten dollars first deposit required. Must wager in designated office market. Max bonus one hundred fifty dollars. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred NEXT STEP or text NEXT STEP to five three three four two in Arizona. One triple eight seven eight nine quadruple seven or visit ccpg.org/chat in Connecticut. One eight hundred GAMBLER. Visit fanduel.com/RG in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Virginia. One eight hundred two seven zero seven one seventeen for confidential help in Michigan, Tennessee. Redline one 9789 or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. Man, Mark Stoops. I think it'd be a good hire, but everybody in Ford
6: would be pissed off. Yeah. I don't understand why. Because why, why, it's off. not
4: the cool – look, you know the society we live in. It's not the cool up-and-coming name, you know, young guy firing on all cylinders. Like, Mark Stoops is like the guy that comes in there and is like, how's our – well, what's our, what's our credit like? What's the credit <laughs> score like? like? You've been you've been good. Everything's paid. We're building a program here. You know, this, that, and the other. It's just – it's not the sexiest name that Ford fans would be like, that's the guy that's going to bring us back to Urban Meyer level, even though it's going to be unbelievably hard to yeah, achieve what Urban Meyer achieved and I'm going to get the five starts here in the weekend but I want to get to the booster cup lane what are they saying All hit right, me with um, the truth
6: got a question here from uh, Gabriel who says Brian Gabriel. Hartline or Luke Fickle to Gainful say that again Brian Hartline or Luke Fickle to Gainful
4: I mean, I don't think Luke Fickle would be a a bad fit at all. I mean, look, do I think he's leaving Cincinnati with them going to the Big 12? I'd be very surprised, Uh, but I think Luke Fickle, when you're looking at those two, again, you know, I'm just so interested to see the route that Scott Strickland takes with the situation that he's in, like I alluded to in the monologue, uh, kind of being stuck between the rock and the hard place, and with everybody else looking, you know, you're not the only one looking for a prom date right now, and everybody's chasing the prettiest person, so uh, will LSU make the move first? Will Florida make the move first? You're going to see a lot of names thrown around, uh, but I
6: think Luke Fickle over Brian Hartline would be one that, that made more Love sense. it. We've got a question here from Twitter. Oh, a
4: Twitter question. All right, BK, Dual BK threat.
6: BK Willicky, 22S. All right, hashtag AskJBoy says, who's your Heisman favorite right now and why?
4: You know what I don't understand? If you look at the numbers between CJ Stroud and Bryce mm-hmm. Young, Bryce Young has better numbers. He's oh, got better numbers. but not on the Vegas odds. Are you talking about his season I'm talking about yeah. season numbers. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the part that surprised me. Everybody's like, C.J. Stroud has really pulled ahead, you know, in the race. I know what they're thinking. They they have the odds there because they think Alabama's going to lose to Georgia and then C.J. Stroud will have two games probably in the playoff to be able to cement it. You know, at at the end of the day, they're having to project, like we're having to project, but right now, taking out who they play next or whatever, whatever, Bryce Young, to me, would be the favorite. But in my opinion, like FanDuel has, like the Vegas odds say, they're probably going to lose to Georgia. So he'll probably lose out on the chance to cement himself uh, as the Heisman winner. So it doesn't shock me that C.J. Stroud is the odds-on favorite right now. He basically knocked Kenneth Walker out of the race. Yeah, I got the odds right now. What is it?
6: Minus two twenty. C.J. Stroud minus two twenty. Bryce Young plus one ninety. And Matt Corral plus twenty five hundred. And Kenneth Walker the third plus four thousand. So Kenneth
0: Walker dropped behind Matt Corral in the Heisman. That just shows you. Um, Do you think Bryce has outplayed Tua or Mac Jones the last two years? not that I, it matters well, it's, that see, much to me
4: it's not fair for me to say okay bryce young i do mac jones with Devonte t- smith jalen waddle for sure you know heaven's army that you've got out it's wide. it's just out there. kind of
0: funny that if he were to win the heisman after the season yeah. both of those guys had and didn't get one but i know that's not what matters it matters who he's competing against this season yeah, and who and he has this year look and matt corral look matt corral to me was a shoe in okay about midway through the season, and then. I think Auburn kind of ended that.
4: Yeah, look, that once you get down to the end of it, you know, you start running out of opportunities. Yeah. And the way it's looking right now, C.J. Stroud is going to have more opportunities than even Bryce Young. Now, look, anything can happen mm-hmm. when you have a team that has the, the personnel that Alabama does. They could yeah. sneak around and find a way to beat Georgia. Would I be shocked or knocked off my feet? No, it's Nick Saban and Alabama. But, but right now when you look at it and you look at who else – is in the Heisman running. This has been somewhat of a down year yeah, for, sure for the Heisman. I mean, you go back and you can look at who Tua and Mac and all them are going up against. I mean, you had guys throwing up some crazy numbers. It's really been kind of not a stale race, but we've had a decent idea of, of the two people that are going to kind of rise to the top. And yeah. it's C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young. But right now, as I look at it, right now, I mean, Bryce Young just went out there and threw for like five, sixty, and six
0: touchdowns. And just like he knocked out Kenneth Walker in the race, maybe my boy Aiden Hutchinson. Well, can no, knock hear out this week. Do you hear me? Do, how Do we, you hear me? Look,
4: look and, and we got a special guest coming up for that, but I just want before we get to five stars, how are you feeling about that You If you, want me you don't to go know now anybody that do doesn't it. know, you want to do it let me,
0: let me do it when I do it get it my picks, okay? Okay, that's fine. I, um, listen, you write your own look, story. Look, hey. You write your own story. You, you just tell me when, and I'm going off. All that's right, fine. The fuse is short, but I say uh, we could segue very nicely and, towards, and, the, uh, and, and towards the end. And maybe
4: for our viewers that are on Twitter that may not have seen about us or known about us, David Cohn, former Michigan quarterback. Uh, but listen, he calls it like he's he's hey, more critical on Michigan than anybody is. Much Than anybody is. All right, one more from the Booster Club, and let's get to five stars. I'm going to dive right.
6: deep in that one. Question here from the one and only DJ Barber. Wicka Wicka oh. hash asks J-Boy, I know Kirby probably is going to win SEC Coach of the Year, but if Beamer beats Clemson and wins a bowl game getting the eight wins, how do you not give it to
4: him? You know, I feel like there should be, like, your, your Coach of the Year – and then your most uh, improved other coach of the year. Your maybe newcomer coach. You know we have like mm. newcomer to the SEC and this, that, and the other. I feel like that's an award they should give. It's rookie like, of the year? Yeah, rookie, something like rookie that. Rookie of the year? Rookie <laughs> Whatever. Coach of the year? But what Shane Beamer has done in South Carolina, and look, it's all about the juice. Shane Beamer has the juice. Shane Beamer can talk, can talk to his players and get them to get up a lot. That, that's the key. Again, we talk about it, right? Uh, you can only get your guys up. at an an elite level for three, four, maybe five games if you're lucky a season, Shane Beamer, the personnel he's done this with, you beat Auburn and Florida, you get to bowl eligibility, and then you go win a bowl game, and if he beats Clemson, they may already build the statue. Clemson, I'm watching social media, Clemson's already talking about how bad they've been for so long and this, that, and the other, because deep down, Clemson's a little worried, and who would have thought Who would have thought in all the dreams from all the boys and girls around the world that at the end of this season, we would sit in here and be talking about who's Who's having a better year, Clemson or South Carolina? I'll
0: tell you, I have to give a quick personal shout out to Coach Beamer. He recruited me at Mississippi State. He was an assistant coach for Sylvester Croom. I'm just telling you, when you say that the guy can recruit, I mean, I probably would have gone to Mississippi State. It was my first SEC offer. I probably would have gone there if Michigan hadn't offered, like maybe it was seven, like a week later. Change just a real one. He was a fantastic guy to work with, to talk to, to text with. I mean, as someone who's going through it for the first time, like it's a lot to take in. Coach Beamer, I mean. He's a class act, and I love that he's having success this year. What a big win for him, man. Huge. Huge. What a big win for need him. Need that helmet, Coach. And this,
4: and this, yeah, Coach Beam. We need the South Carolina helmet. Coach Beam, send it over. Send it Front over. You've center. been on the show. I need one. South Carolina Twitter. Gamecock Twitter. Spurs Up Show. You guys, handle business. Handle business for the kid. All right, let's get to five stars. All right, five stars. Ohio State. And look, we, we I talked about this in the recap a little bit. It's already hard enough playing Ohio State. We already know that they're one of the top three to five rosters every year in college football. It's been that way for a long time. They have elite speed on the outside. And the matchup against Michigan State, and we talked about this before the game with Steve Hellwagen from Ohio State, and he talked about it. Michigan State has one of the worst secondaries in the country. It's amazing they've won the amount of games that they've had, they have, given up what they've given up in the back end. And so your worst position group on defense, I think we can agree for Michigan State, was going up against the best position group on Ohio State's whole team, which is the wide receivers, and that doesn't count Jamison Williams, who's at Alabama. Can you imagine if they no. had him too? No, so I can't. <laughs> it was a horrible matchup for Michigan State number one. But it wasn't just the receivers that beat Michigan State up. Ohio State did whatever they wanted. To and could have could have put a huge number on Michigan State. I mean, I'll go back to it. Georgia was beating Charleston Southern at halftime by the same amount that Ohio State was beating Michigan State, 49 to nothing. And they jumped them right when they walked in the club. Yep. It wasn't like, all right, you know, we got a few drives to fill each other out. Now we know it. They walked in there, and Ohio State looked at them and said, listen, no green teas in the club, and they just threw them out. So what a performance. That Look, the offensive line that Ohio State has is one of the best that I've seen them have in a while, athletically. I mean, these guys can get out in space. They move their feet in mm-hmm. pass protection. And if you're going to try and beat Georgia, and I will, I will just beat this horse to death even past its death, and my girlfriend's a horse rider, I'm sorry. That's just the cliche I want to use. You are not going to be able to line up and consistently drive the ball 8 to 12 plays against Georgia's defense. And wear them out and score 38. You've got to snipe them. You've got to hit home runs. You've got to hit big plays. And Ohio State has the speed, whether it's Olave, you can go down the list out wide, to be able to threaten Georgia deep to be able to score points. Because you are not going to beat them the old-fashioned way. You're not going to line up and run inside zone or power or counter any of that at them. You've got to beat them with quick strikes. And Ohio State, it's the offensive line. That I want to see. You want to talk about matchups? You want to talk about matchups? I want to see that Ohio State offensive line versus that front seven of Georgia. Oh, that, that will be one of the most fun matchups that I've watched the last three to four years in college football. Because it's just talent and depth on talent and depth. And you get to see a strength versus a strength and then see how C.J. Stroud does under pressure. He's dominated against the Blitz, had 16 touchdowns and one interception against the Blitz coming into last week. And you know it didn't go down after last week. So, look, a big win for them. Let's move on to four. Four-star, Shane Beamer. I don't want to spend too much time on this. We've talked about it a lot. Did it again. Did it again. Out coached and outplayed Auburn. Mm-hmm. Went down fourteen to nothing. Second straight week, Auburn's been up on somebody. Collapsed after that. They didn't give up. They didn't hold their head down after losing to Missouri uh, late last week. They came back, did it at home, won another huge game, and that momentum keeps building and building for South Carolina as they go into Clemson.
0: You see, a lot of coaches have their best year their first year and fall off after that. You're not going to see that with this no, guy. No. This is just the beginning. Believe you can
6: tell South they Carolina play with their, belief. They play with, with belief. they play with genuine.
4: Belief. Why do players love Sam Pittman and Kirby Smart and all these guys? They're genuine. You know, they may be a little bit different than you, but you know who they really are. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, that goes a long way when you're trying to connect with an 18- to 22-year-old. All right, Cincinnati, look, uh, I still don't believe Cincinnati's the top four team in the country. I thought SMU had a chance to beat them. Did not know SMU was missing their top two wide receivers. (laughs) Of course they were. Of course they were. And when you run what they run, SMU, it doesn't matter if your top two wide receivers are out. Wait, now I remember. Sonny Dykes is the head coach. And Cincinnati, look, they slapped them around. They slapped them around. Uh, SMU turned the ball over early. Cincinnati played really well from the jump, whether it was on defense or offense. Ritter didn't look bad, but SMU picked their worst day to have their worst game, and Cincinnati played, played looked a little bit like they did earlier in the season, and we're going to see. You know me and Blaine's bet. I think they lose either East Carolina or Houston, or, or I'll go in the trash can. And then if Blaine loses it, he'll go in the trash can. Just please, East Carolina or Houston, I don't want to go in the trash can. And I don't want to put Cincinnati in the playoff. All right? I don't want to do it.
0: Hey, if they beat Houston like they beat SMU, they're then going in. To, listen, they're going if, in. Listen,
4: I will sit here and capitulate if we're arguing Cincinnati versus two lost teams. But if Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma and then wins the Big 12 championship, how the hell do you keep Oklahoma State out? How? Notre Dame's not going to get in because they didn't play a conference championship game. And you know what?
0: They shouldn't. Well, and their loss would have been to Cincinnati. Cincinnati. So. Yeah, true. Oh, you so, mean unless they lose. You Cincinnati can
4: say the loses. same thing about yes. Oklahoma, correct? Oh, oh, uh, if
6: Oklahoma wins out? Yes. Yeah.
4: But, we look, the committee told us what they think of Oklahoma. Yeah. They were undefeated and they had them eight. Then they won again. They had them eight again. Then they lost to Baylor, ranked team, dropped them down to 13. Yep. That shows you what. But, listen, I just can't wait to hear what Gary Barta says tomorrow. He's like, college football, what do you mean? <laughs> don't do that to him. <laughs> he always comes out and says something stupid. He's like, setting the games aside. Setting the
0: games aside. That's the that's worst. Uh, yeah.
4: Don't say that.
0: To Auburn.
4: Look, we're going to get Justin Hoganson on here in literally a minute. Uh, you let me know when he's ready to ride there, right. brother. Um, here's the deal with Auburn, and I don't want to dive too too far into it. You don't have a roster that is great in any position group. You don't. You've been winning games because you played complimentary football enough to be able to get you where you need to get to. Bo Nix gets hurt. Carlson gets hurt. No excuse for what we've seen. The play calling, I thought, from Mike Bo, he had his worst game from a play calling standpoint, especially in the second half. You know, defensively, Auburn only gave up 21 points. But still, you know, you saw the way that game went early. Auburn was dominating and then they kind of fell off late. And not being able to have that killer instinct and be able to put the foot on somebody's throat and look, Brian Harson, now you're hearing about the Washington rumors, and there's a good chance he's gonna go six and six in his first year. And the way they they were they were tracking, I mean, they were six and two at one point. You know, it has to be looked at as a failure if you go six and six, falling off the cliff here at the end. I mean, you blew a twenty eight to three lead against Mississippi State because your team didn't show up in the second half. You know, we can blame the players all we want, and Auburn's personnel's not great, but at some point the coach's job is to take you further than you can take yourself. Mm-hmm. And Auburn hasn't been getting that. And, you know, if you, you, you're not getting that, you're not going to be at Auburn very long. And especially now with the Washington rumors and this, that, and the other, it's just been, look, it's been bad for Auburn. They look bad. You know, they, they just don't have anybody. I don't know how you don't give the ball to Tank in the second half. Four, I mean, what the hell
6: are you doing? Fourth and two. Fourth and two. You don't give and you're, to you're, tank. you're, you're He's running averaging a to carry.
4: Like uh, how stop Mike Bobo sometimes gets, I think he out thinks himself. Yeah. But if I'm Brian Hartson on the headset, I'm like, dude, give Tank the ball. Give him the ball. You don't have to be Newt Rotney to figure that out. <laughs> Stop being so cute.
6: Man, Tank Bigsby did not look happy no. on the sideline. And
4: you want to You you want to go ahead and, and piss Auburn fans off even more? Let Tank Bigsby transfer because if you keep not giving him the ball, I'd transfer. I'd be gone in a second, and then you're screwed. I'm going. Go, that's the only elite player, really. You could say Bo Nix at moments. You know, has had to carry this Auburn team. Who else do you have that's elite? And you don't give your one elite player the ball? That's shocking. That and that's a veteran. Like that, that's what I'm saying. The scary part about Auburn is you have veteran coordinators that are making rookie mistakes. That's what should worry you if you're an Auburn fan. I'm but let me know when Hugginson gets in here, Cody. Right. Let's go back to the booster club. All right, let's go. We, we got to finish one, one start. star. Look, Florida, they've hit rock bottom. I don't know another way to put it. This is rock bottom. This is it. But you're lucky that Miami's not cooking. Yep. You're lucky that Florida State's not cooking because it can all be saved. But again, you're in, a, you're in a rock and a hard place when it comes to supply and demand for coaches. So if you're Florida, this is rock bottom. This is it. This is what it feels like. The next step, you know, you just come home and your family's sitting in a circle with a bunch of letters reading, you know, <laughs> it's intervention time.
6: And they had it with Dan Mullen. You got to get yep. out. You got to go. Let me can I, can I throw another one to you that I kind of thought of for me from April, the one star? Because I noticed that someone was missing in our chat today. A booster was missing in our chat today. Uh-oh. And it was Eric from Eugene. What about those Oregon Ducks this weekend? All right. 38-7. to
4: Listen, and and I don't want to sit here and be the guy that says, you know, I told you so, but Oregon, especially when they lost for Dell Jr., you, you saw some explosiveness leave that offense because when you lose a major player like that, you're not just losing that major player. There's a domino effect. Everybody else gets a little bit worse around you because now there's not a decoy out there. Now it moves to the second best guy. The Brown kid at quarterback put a lot more pressure on him to be a whole heck of a lot better than he had to be when Verdell Jr. was out there. And it was a matter of if not when Oregon was going to lose. And we talked about it working its way out. Mario Cristobal's still done a really good job there this year. That Ohio State win looks better and better every week. But, you know, you were going to have to beat Utah twice. And now the Pac-12 is out. Next step is we're going to look at the Big 12 with Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Are they going to be out? We'll see. What else we got, Mike?
6: All right, we got a question here from Grant Brown. But first, I'm gonna get to Hayden Harris. Harris, it's not a question, but it's a comment. First time I saw him in the chat, hashtag Ask Jay Boy. what's up, man? He says not a question, but this show is sick. Keep it up, fellas. Appreciate Ooh, that. Hey, appreciate the hey, love, hey, hold man. On. Hey, hit. I love Hayden, it. Welcome Yo. to the party. All pal. right, we got a question here from Grant Brown. Hashtag Ask the J Boy Show. Which program has a higher trajectory, Mississippi State trajectory? What word did you just attempt to say? Project- Projection or traje- trajectory, or Projection, did you just what did I say? You said trajectory. Okay, that sounds day.
0: like something that's floating in space. It it watch out for that Add that to our business
6: cards. We yeah. make up words. It's, it's actually exactly a already on there. paper on a D- <laughs> yeah. so Doctor Dr. Seuss class. All right, Mississippi State or Ole Miss? Mississippi State has the twenty eighth best recruiting class, while Ole Miss has the thirty seventh. <laughs> Listen. This is the the part
4: that I found the most fascinating, and I don't know how much longer Lane Kiffin's going to be at Ole Miss, but the part that I find the most fascinating between Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach would be the recruiting. Because, again, you have two larger-than-life characters, and I'm going to go ahead and tell you this. Maybe you don't know this. Lane Kiffin, not in love with recruiting. Not in love with it. Not not as much as you would think. Mike Leach, I can already tell you how we're trying to get Coach Leach on this week. I think Mike Leach is, is just probably very upfront with recruiting. You know, he's like, listen. I mean, we're in the position yeah. right now. We need better players. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, like Mike Leach walks in there and he's like, listen, the kid we signed last year is not as good as what we thought. So you're, we think you're better than him. I feel like that's how Mike Leach is. I yeah. don't feel like he comes in there with cliche BS. I feel like Mike Leach, Mike Leach comes in there and probably doesn't even talk about football for probably the first twenty minutes. He probably looks at the kid. He's probably like, you yeah. like
0: pirates? Listen, when Blackbeard needed shipmates, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> he comes in <laughs> he and tells the a story <laughs> about Long John Silver. And then forty five minutes later,
4: that's exactly. What he's like, you ever seen pirates? to the Caribbean. That Jack Sparrow, they can
0: never catch they him. They can like never catch him. like huh? you out wide. That's why we got to have you at Mississippi State. You know, with talk talking about Lane doesn't love recruiting. I think directly, indirectly, he's trying to get these younger kids through, like, social media and, yes. like, cooler ventures like that to say, like, you know what, I had to go play for this guy to be a player's coach. Yeah, he's you know? trying to sprinkle
4: the swag on there. Yeah, but, sprinkle but the swag. L- listen, and, and recruiting rankings are one thing. Um, but, no, I, look, I think they're going to be about even. I think that's what makes the battle beautiful. And I'm very interested to see how long Mike Leach is at Mississippi State, too. But we're ready. Get Hokinson in here,
0: Justin Hokinson. We got him right here. Let's, Let's bring uh, in Hoke. Let's bring him in.
4: There he is, Hoke. What's up, man? Not much. How's your How's your day going? Going good. Uh, a lot of crazy news, obviously, with Dan Mullen, yeah. you know, being let go at Florida. Uh, but we've talked a lot about that. First question: What the hell's going on with Auburn, man? Uh, just your overall thoughts this past weekend. I mean, there's a lot of different things to point at, but they have fallen off the proverbial cliff, and now they're staring six and six right in the eyes
3: um yeah i don't know i mean it's very odd um it's been a weird season where you know you look at the beginning of the year and auburn wasn't starting strong right they had bad starts against lsu and georgia state and penn state Mm -hmm. um then they started putting it together you know started well against arkansas and all minutes and finished those games um then all of a sudden it goes back the other direction and they can't and they can't finish games again where they have leads against mississippi state and south carolina and blow them so just odd, just just an odd turn of events these, these last couple of games for Auburn where they just lose focus or whatever it is. Um, it's hard to pinpoint. I mean, you can pinpoint specific things in each game. Um, I asked Harson today, is there something bigger here or is it just a matter of every game has its own situation? Um, and he kind of just pointed to, you know, I think he pointed more big picture one thing he did mention that I do agree with these last few games for Auburn is they're not playing good complementary football in Nothing. that when the offense struggles, so is the defense. And, and he said, look, sometimes he goes, things happen. He said, we got to overcome adversity. We have to respond. If the offense, if, you know, if, if the defense gives up a touchdown, offense, you got to go put points on the board. Um, or defense, you got to force a turnover. Um, it, it, it's been like a collapse at the same time for Auburn when the offense yeah. is struggling. So is the defense the last few games. And so it's just been those two those two units are not in sync uh the last few games
4: yeah and look Auburn didn't have the talent on the roster not to, to play well and, and play good complementary football that's how they'd won you know, if you go back and look, you know, they, they were playing pretty well. They were taking care of the ball, not turning it over. They were reducing the big plays on defense. But, you know, you and, again, it's, it's easy to pinpoint stuff in each game. You know, you look at Mississippi State. Derek Mason didn't make adjustments. Second half of South Carolina. I mean, Mike, I don't understand how you don't give Tank Bigsby the ball. I mean, you don't, like I said, you don't have to be a genius to figure out he's the best player on your team, and it's the last guy that you want to piss off and end up running off when you don't have a ton of great players on that roster. And, look, Brian Harson needs time. Every first-year head coach needs time to get personnel in there, but you're trying to set the standard. You're trying to set the foundation. And then now all of a sudden, starting to hear a little bit Brian Harson to Washington smoke. Justin, what do you think about that? Is it legitimate? Do you think it's just people kind of reaching?
3: Um, I think there's some legitimacy to it. I mean, Chris Peterson and him have a great relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Peterson's obviously involved at Washington Still, and so, yeah. I mean, there's going to be something to that. There's going to be conversations that'll probably be had, and there's going to be thought to it. Um, Whether or not Harson pulled the trigger on that, I I don't know. I mean, that's an odd move to go to the SEC. It's your first. If you're Brian Harson, you're a competitor. You're 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 in the big leagues to go one year and go six and six potentially, and then bolt back to the West Coast to the Pac-12. Would be that would go that would that would go against what Harson seems to be about and, and what so much of what Brian Harson preaches, um, that wouldn't line up with the competitor that Brian Harson seems to be, that that just that wouldn't line up to just bolt right back to an irrelevant Pac-12, yeah. um, and so I could he do it. Here's what I think could happen if all, if he didn't feel like he has the support of Auburn people, like not fans, but if 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 Alan Green is uh, you know. And, and and there's powers that be that they're just kind of like, go stay. We don't care. Mm-hmm. Then he could then he could go. He could feel unwanted. But if man, with the with the facility that they're building, there's a lot of things he has to build on. He just if he feels the support, I would think he stays. So it's a, it's an odd situation. It would kind of surprise me if he left on his own with, without any other dealings with Auburn football. But we know that's just not ever going to happen. Yeah. So there's always going to be something going on.
4: Well, it, you know, it, it would look like he's running, basically. And, yeah. and here's my question, Hoke. And you know me, I don't, you know, I don't get into this a bunch, but. How would it marry up? And I know Chris Peterson is his mentor. Washington State fired Nick Rolovich because he didn't get the vaccine and it's mandated. Brian Harson, it's obviously been a big deal about the vaccine here in the media and this, that and the other. How could he get the Washington job right after Washington State fired their head coach for not getting the vaccine? And I don't know if Brian harson has been vaccinated or not, but he hadn't come out and said it either way. And I'm sure if he went there, it's kind of a different world, right?
3: yes um that would be wow i mean you're right i don't know i don't know if he's got the vaccine the logical thing is to say he doesn't because he didn't talk about it but what if he does like what if he just yeah, didn't i mean really that's what i'm saying um and so i i don't know i mean i i don't know i think a lot of the things he's about line up with here's the weird thing i think a lot of the things he he's about line up well with auburn and what they want their football program to be mm-hmm. i agree um it's just, I think there's an odd dynamic of maybe people in charge that didn't, that maybe didn't have a say in hiring Brian Harson, and um, and so it's just an odd situation with with the people in charge, not not Brian Harson. So it's just, it's a weird deal. But yeah, as far as the vaccine and stuff, I have no idea. Some people have brought that up, but again, I don't know if he's vaccinated or not, so I can't possibly really answer that yeah. question on if he goes there and what that would look like and.
4: Well, I feel yeah. like I feel like like Washington, they'd be like, you have to come out and say you're vaccinated. Like I swear, no to me, it's a little bit different situation than, than what we deal with, you know, here in Alabama. But Hoke, I do want to move on and ask yep. you, and and you know, I, we don't root for anybody to get fired or anything here. But do you see Auburn making a move with Mike Bobo or Derek Mason at the end of the year if it looks bad against Bama, and they go play in the you know the one uh, eight hundred flowers com bowl against San Diego State?
3: Um. Oh no, I got no I problem mean, with 800flowers.com by the way it's great stuff. Possibility. I mean there's got to be a strong possibility. I wrote at AuburnLive.com. somebody asked that question. Should should the coordinators be on the hot seat? And I said absolutely. Absolutely. Um, they've been okay at times, but they have not by any means have not been great. And uh, if you're Brian Harson and you and, and you're at Auburn moving forward, this offseason's huge. This is year one to year two. This is your ch- your chance to take everything you've learned from year one in the SEC and and what it's all about um you go six and six that's unacceptable for brian harson uh, he's never lost three games in a row he just did it he could lose four games in a row this is his opportunity to take everything he's learned in year one of the sec and go get the staff bobo wasn't his first choice uh mason wasn't his first choice they're, they're fine coaches but now you've had a season you go all season go try to dial it in with your staff more taking the information you've learned and go get who you want and if that's if that's mason and bobo I mean, fine, fine, but but I would say that there's definitely going to be some thought given to are these the right guys or not. That's for sure.
4: Yeah, and my last question, and Hoke, I know JD, Jay Lee does a lot of the recruiting stuff over there, but big picture question for you: There's been a lot of pressure on Brian Harson his first year from a recruiting standpoint. Now that on the field hasn't been as great, uh, especially these last few weeks, handful of weekends. How much more pressure is there on him this signing day to make a splash in recruiting and not just be average?
3: A ton. A ton of pressure um because i mean that's i think that's the big question about brian harson is can he recruit and can he hire and fire the right guys mm-hmm. well we're about to find out those answers here in the few in the coming months but recruiting mainly um it's huge i mean it's what especially if he loses the season you know finishes yeah. the season losing four in a row he better finish strong um and whether it's offensive tackles whether it's wide receivers he better land some guys and finish in that top 15 and really hit some of the main positions. Um, But yes, this losing streak has put that much more pressure on people are going to go, what are you finishing? They're going to, people that are like maybe mediocre or lukewarm in terms of how they look at recruiting, they're going to be honed in a lot more on how he finishes if if they lose four in a row.
4: Yeah, to to take a quote from from another realm, you got to win the independence and you got to do it in recruiting. Hope, great stuff, man. Everybody needs to head over. Uh, Tell everybody where they can find your work. I'll let you plug it
3: yeah auburnlive.com part of the on three sports network auburnlive.com um, a lot of good stuff. So this is a good week to be on the site right iron bowl recruiting basketballs in the bahamas um mm. and the battle for atlanta so busy busy week for auburn athletics a lot of things going on so auburnlive.com thanks man
4: yeah anytime we got bruce pearl coming on tomorrow by the way hoke appreciate awesome. your brother thanks so much man
3: yeah you got it see ya all
4: right justin hokinson look he's right i feel like he's 100 percent on all that yeah like you thought there was pressure in recruiting. Now go six and six. lose to get blown out by Bama, and then and then sign the 40th recruiting class. And then you talk about hot seat. He'll have to win eight nine next year. I'm just telling you. Then you got to go on the road to Georgia next year. On the road to Bama next year. Whew. These last three or four weeks, blown a lot of equity with that staff. Yeah. You blown a lot of equity that you saved up. Now look, the funny part is the way the Iron Bowl is. Somehow you go beat I Bama.
0: Know, I know. <laughs> And they they we're going to get into that. Yeah. And wow. we'll dive
4: into that. We got Bo Nicks coming on yeah. later in the it's week. It's like
0: the house money thing that we said That's with exactly Arkansas. Right. It's like, man, so many of these teams were playing with house money. It's And a, then you, they just didn't leave the yeah. table, you right? Talk about winning <laughs> You win the Iron Bowl, you'll win
4: all the independents. Yeah. It'll be a landslide. Yeah. All right, I want to get to our, to our overreaction, underreaction. Overreaction. Then I want to get to Sharp okay. Bets and the Booster Club. Okay. All
0: right. You ready to start? Let's do it. ready to over or underreact? Over or underreact to this, okay? Florida is the best open job right now.
4: That's an overreaction. I told you I LSU, just by a little bit. Ooh,
0: but what if we think that LSU's already locked up?
4: Okay, if, if we say LSU's already locked up, that Florida's the best job, that's a perfect reaction. Okay. It's not over-under. If the LSU job was out of the picture, Florida would be the okay. top job. Well, who are you going to give me, Virginia Tech? So it's the Tech? second best job Well, right then you would say USC. Okay. That would be the one you compare it yeah. to. And if I'm a head coach, again, this goes back to the argument, do I want to sit mimosas on the on Venice Beach <laughs> and have an easier path and then get dominated, or do I want to be in the lion's den and find out if I can survive? Sure. I want to go yeah. to Florida.
0: All right, so Ohio State right now is the second best team in this country?
4: I, You know, I would say that's an I would say under. I don't think it's an overreaction right now just because Alabama struggled to be consistent. We talked about complementary football with Auburn, right? We use that term a lot. For those who don't know what that is, complementary football is when all three phases are, are playing well together or, or you're meshing or, or there's not a huge difference between how good you are on one side of the ball and the other and you kind of are able to coordinate it with both styles that you run offensively, defensively, and then whatever you do on special teams and that can change up. but ohio state right now if you look they went to zone coverage a little bit earlier in the year are they elite defensively in my opinion no would alabama be able to put up a lot of points against them hell yes but ohio state can score with you they look a little more you know coordinated like i said on all three phases right now so just by a small margin i would say ohio state i i think I, that's not an overreaction okay to put into. how
0: about this jordan davis should be a Heisman finalist.
4: Underreaction. We shouldn't even be. Ha- Will Anderson and Jordan Davis should be invited to New York, especially this year. Mm-hmm. Is there a better year for a defensive guy mm-hmm. to be able to win it than this year? But we won't. You want to know why? Because we just won't. <laughs> yeah.
6: If, the there's not a great if the reason. didn't win it that year in Nebraska, no defensive Because everybody,
1: win
4: it. Uh, there's a lot of. Charles more, Woodson.
6: You know, Peyton Manning Listen, got Charles screwed. Man. Yeah, Randy Moss and Peyton,
0: I think, took some yeah. some votes from each other.
4: Well, look, look, I just don't. If we're saying I get quarterbacks the most important position, I get it. I understand that, but literally with guys like Jordan Davis and Will Anderson, it changes the way you have to play. The way that they play affect changes the way the quarterback has to play. They should. We should start being better about how we we mm. get to the Heisman. Maybe finalists. we'll see it. Look. Who knows? We'll but but that's an underreaction. We shouldn't even be having this question. He should be invited to New York. Will
0: Anderson should be invited to New York. Okay. All right. Brian Harson's year one is a failure. Is that an overreaction? I think it's an overreaction right now because
4: we got to see what happens in the Iron Bowl. Mm-hmm. Again, it's the Great Redeemer. We'll see. It's his first one. Things get crazy in Jordan Harris. But if they go six and six after starting six and two, I believe hell yeah, it's a failure. Six and six, regardless, is a failure at Auburn. Now, can should you be expected to win the national championship every year at Auburn? No. But six and six, even in your first year with the personnel you inherited, you lose to South Carolina. You know, you didn't play well against Penn State. We almost lost. Every to big State. game you've played in against a good team, you lost lost what's auburn's marquee win you went down and beat lsu i would say arkansas probably auburn best auburn's best win arkansas on the road now again you beat alabama like i said it's the great redeemer the great equalizer but there's not a great chance of that happening so yeah six and six is a failure and it
0: should be looked at as a failure all right here we go notre dame should join a conference Overreaction, underreaction. You know, <laughs> duh. That's what I'm going to say.
4: It's, it's going to cost them this year. It's going to cost them. And the 12-team playoff, y'all can't get a bye. And you know what? You shouldn't.
0: They might squeak their way in, man. You man, know how they look, are. If
4: Cincinnati loses, they got a shot. But, look, hey, listen, and I know Notre Dame, we, there's a lot of smart Notre Dame fans. And I've got no problem, really, with Notre Dame. But I'm not going to sit here and give you a pass because you're Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. To me, it's the ultimate. You want to see definition of privilege? Don't play in a conference championship. What's well, Notre Dame. Me. It's Notre Dame, you guys. It's Notre Dame. Let's quote Lou Holtz. Why? Because it's Notre Dame. They should join a conference. It was so cool in the ACC last year. Y'all gave it to us and you ripped it away. Well, it should be the Big gotta Ten. Got to be gotta anything, quicker than that. Got to be quicker than that. And people say, oh, well, their strength of schedule is better when they're independent. Because conference teams play each other. Duh. How do y'all not understand that? To, how do I got to sit down and explain that to y'all? It's like, oh, well, you know, Ar- Arkansas went 8-4. and four. Well, they had, to, they had to play Bama and Georgia and all the Teams that play each other in the conference, they beat each other. When you're independent, you don't have a conference. So you're just playing uh, one-off teams in each of these other conferences. When you're in a conference, y'all got to play each other. Yeah. Again, it, it you don't to, have to work at Bletchley Park to be able to decode this thing.
0: Yeah, and it used to, it used to help that Southern Cal was dominant. Yes. So they've been riding that wave with Southern Cal sure. being down and Stanford being down. They took themselves out of the Michigan rivalry. I mean, <laughs> join a conference. Join a conference.
4: I don't want to hear any complaining. Join a conference. All right. Blaine, booster club. Then I want to get to sharp bets. All
6: right. Got a question here from Derek Foley. Hashtag AskJBoy. <laughs> been down J-boy. in the basement drinking
4: coffee and doing push-ups all day.
6: Do you think Alabama still it. makes the playoffs if they lose to Auburn but beat UGA in the SEC championship game?
4: No. Ugh. Oh. See, that's a tough one. Now, I, I don't look. It depends on what happens around them. If Alabama lose, loses two games and there's a bunch of one-loss teams that are battling it out, Bama's not going to get in. But if they're a bunch of two-loss teams and Alabama loses to Auburn and beat Georgia, Alabama's going to get in. I don't care how it happens. If the argument for the third and fourth, excuse me, or just the fourth team comes down to two-loss teams, Bama's getting in.
0: What about undefeated
4: Cincinnati. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I don't think you can put an un, a, a two loss Alabama team in there over an undefeated Cincinnati team. Yep, yep. You're not going to be able to get away with that. Mm-hmm. Now, do I think Alabama the better team? Yes. But we talked about this. There has to be a, you know, there has to, once you get to two yes. losses, yes. you can't sit there and use that argument anymore. Exactly. One loss, you can. Two loss, that's tough. But, but. Again, Cincinnati could go undefeated, and then Oklahoma or Oklahoma State could win, win those. Could win that game and then lose the conference championship. Ohio State could beat Michigan Same or Michigan could yep. beat Ohio State then lose to Wisconsin yep. in the championship, and now we're having a two-loss argument. They're going to put Bama in. Yep. But if it's a one you could have an undefeated Cincinnati be the three-seed and a four-loss, uh, the number four seed, be a two-loss team. Mm-hmm. You could legitimately see that. Yep. All right,
6: Blaine. Got a question here from DJ Barber. Hashtag AskJBoy. He says, after listening to Harson's presser, <laughs> He was asked about playing redshirt freshman, and he didn't answer it directly. He said, could we see some this week, such as D. Davis, Lee Hunter, or some Dylan Brooks?
4: I mean, if it's not going to burn their red shirt again, how I'm sure he's going to see how the game is going. If Auburn is if it's not going good, I think there's a possibility you'll see some young guys in there. But if it's close, he's not just going to throw D Davis in there on fourth and two, you know, in an important moment against Alabama. I think the score will dictate that. But if you are down, you might as well get those young guys some reps you might as well do it to let them understand kind of what it's about a little bit because game reps are a thousand times more valuable than practice reps and I'm not downplaying practice y'all know the saying we have on this show if you make practice more important than the game the game is easy but those game reps that game experience is stuff you can really keep with you and that helps you improve at a faster rate in my opinion
6: right, I got a question here from David Heron hashtag ask J boys a special teams question Ooh. all right he Says thoughts on Arkansas's fake field goal using the back judge as a pick Also. So, how much do you like Traylon Burks' increases draft stock against Bama? First off,
4: I love it now. Was that 100% designed for that ref course, to pick? Of course it was. They may have mentioned it a little bit, but that's <laughs> not that how smirk. they drew it. Look Look like they put a ref practice. <laughs> it, was a, and it, it was a hell of a catch <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, by the tight end. It was a hell of a catch. Look, I love fakes. Now, the good ones. Now, some of them are stupid. Do you notice how one team runs LSU runs the jump pass on punt? Now everybody's running mm-hmm, it. Yeah. And it's so funny at the end of the year, some coaches already know you know they're not in in championship contention anymore. So they're like, we'll run the fake. Now we'll run it. <laughs> it's always funny to see the end of the year when the teams that, that aren't really playing for much left. Like, yeah, we'll run a fake punt. Penn State was like, screw it, we'll run a fake punt, and a fake field and goal, a same fake drive.
0: Fake field goal, the same. Don't ever see it man. coming.
4: You know, it's just funny how that works out. All right, speaking of working out. 28-15 last is week. Is it sharp time? Ooh. God, did, am I bleeding? Damn. Did something get cut? Because it's really sharp out here. God, that was a terrible joke. All right, here's what I got. We've been hot. Going to continue to stay hot. Cone came from the depths last week. Ooh. Like I said, adversity doesn't build character. It reveals it. You pass with flying colors. Looking
0: down at all the check marks, and you I was went like, Owen, is this you, my sheet? You went, wow. Yeah, you went,
4: you went Owen Wilson last week. You <laughs> did. Trying to find the beacon on the on the, on the on the chair in the middle of the ice. You went some of boys. Here's what I got. Coastal Carolina is down a quarterback. South Alabama may be down a quarterback as well, but they're plus 15 and a half at home. I'm going with the alma mater. The alma mater pick. They they came through for me last time I took them. Kane Womack, I'm looking at you. Y'all win or lose by 15. I got them plus 15 and a half at home against Coastal. Then I've been riding the Wisconsin train the past three weeks. It's hit the past three weeks. Wisconsin, Minnesota, over 39 and a half. Wisconsin's found the run game. Listen, I know some people will be like, man, this looks like a 7 nothing game. I feel like Minnesota can score a couple touchdowns, tw- you know, 28-14, somewhere around there. So give me Wisconsin-Minnesota over 39 and a half. And then Purdue, they're hosting Northwestern, minus 15 and a half. I just don't believe in the Northwestern Wildcats. They're more like house cats this year. So give me Purdue, minus 15 and a half. Quick rundown, USA, Quick, I'll tell you something cool about South Alabama really quickly. They have one of the most foreign student populations. You want to know why? Because when you Google USA colleges, it's the first one that pops up. Wow. Not a lot of people know that. That's a How deep about dive. That? The more you know, star and rainbow. <laughs> So, USA plus 15 and a half. <laughs> Wisconsin-Minnesota over 39 and a half. Good Purdue pick. minus 15 and a half against Northwestern.
6: Okay. Feeling good about the Sharps, okay. fellas. Those are some good ones. What you I got? I love it. Hey, another week in the green, another boys. I'm just getting used okay. to being there at this point. I'm just getting used to being there. I remember you crying in my arms. Versus the, uh, I remember versus you, versus you the crying the
0: in my arms saying if Billy Napier
6: gets a head coaching yeah. offer. Look, <laughs> <laughs> don't, get me, don't even get me started on that. This is what I'm taking. All right? I'm taking the Wake Forest Demon Deacons minus four and a half against it's a Boston College team that just got destroyed.
4: What? Can I ask you a question really quick? No. What's a demon deacon? <laughs> Is that like a possessed deacon of a church? Let's go with that. I've always no. wondered. It's just such an interesting mascot. It's like, how about we be the Wake Forest deacons? Then somebody in the back was like, like, yeah, Greg, what? You got He's Like, sounds kind of soft. What if we were the <laughs> evil deacons? No, wait. This voice in the background? The <laughs> demon deacons. Alliteration. I love it. Let's do it. Say they were blue devils. Like, I'm we were to be
0: the Duke deacons. Devils, but yeah. we should add a modifier. Yeah, they're like, we blue. should throw a color in there. How about the Red Devils? They're like, no, that's the name
4: of a vacuum.
0: Blue Devils. Hey, but if the Red Devils ever played the Blue Devils, that'd be one hell of a game.
4: Well, the Red Devils <laughs> suck. See what I did there. Go ahead, Mike. <laughs> Wow. All right. I'm taking it. All right. Yeah, I see what you did there. Appreciate yeah. it. Hey, so high Wayne level Ford. all oh, the way you. around. Wake yeah. Forest
6: minus four and a half. Four and a half versus Boston College. I believe that game's on the road. I just don't think Boston College can keep up with Wake. Especially on offense. Yeah. I see Wake at Sam least one Sam Hartman's a witch. Yeah, that, kid, uh, that kid's good. And head, their head coach might be up for some jobs, too, now. He's going
4: to, I'm telling you, he's probably going to end up at Virginia Tech.
6: Okay. So, I, this is my second pick. I'm taking Clemson minus 11.5. Wow. You like South that? that a I watched, wow. watched Boy, well, you better play. watch out. I watched Clemson play last week against Wake Forest. That defense is starting to get healthy. That run game starting to know. evolve. Live Clemson's going to sneak around. Is and probably this game in a,
4: Clemson or in Columbia?
6: I think I believe it in is Columbia. in Columbia. Hold on. I have it right here.
1: 11
0: and a
6: half. That game's at home, buddy. Good. South Carolina. Wow. South, Carolina. Uh-huh. South Carolina coming That's off a, a big strategy, win. Said, South Carolina <laughs> coming off a big win. It feels like a big letdown. And this is my third one I'm going to take. I'm taking the Georgia. Georgia Tech over at 54-and-a-half. I think Georgia can score more than 54 points. Well,
4: Notre Dame dropped 55 on them and last if Notre
6: week. Notre Dame can drop 55 on you, Georgia for sure can drop. I feel like Georgia could just show up to this game with their defense and win. <laughs> wow.
4: Well, they, they did it earlier in the year. Isn't that what they were doing the first four
0: all right, weeks? Boys. Isn't that what they did against <laughs> yeah. Clemson? Yeah, that's that's what exactly they Let's what, what they, they did, did against Clemson. Sharp time. Y'all haven't seen these, right? No. no. I purposely not You got, them. Them. You, got secret, secret. With those. you brought out the spell book. Listen, start off Ole Miss plus one and a half. I want them. You hear that, Rob Pittard? I'm showing Ole Miss some love, riding the rain, the lane train. Let's show up. All right. Second, I want Houston minus 32 Ooh. and a half at UConn. OK, I don't think that they will okay. look ahead to the conference championship. I think they want to make a statement. And then I think they want to say Cincinnati, we're coming for you. Look, could be wrong. Up. But give me that. OK, you took the alma mater pick, didn't you? I did. Oh, uh, what do we got? Kevin? Listen, boys, I will never come on this show. <laughs> I will never come on this show and pretend to be unbiased. OK, this is okay. the most important week of the year. Thanksgiving, mom's birthday. Wow. Beat Ohio week. Wow. Okay? But I'm also not going to come on here, all right, and not be objective, all right? Things wait, wait, get wait, get ugly. wait, wait. So you're saying Things you're not going to
4: be unbiased, but
0: you're also no, 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 going to no, no, no. be objective? I'm not, I'm not going to be unbiased, but I'm going to call a spade a spade. We okay. just call spade spade, right? Okay? Okay. But here's the thing, okay? What do I say when, make, when making picks? Leave emotion at the door, right? That's one of the rules. <laughs> but this week, I just can't do it, all right? I can't do it. I'm a masochist. Give me Michigan... Money line. money line. I don't even want the points. And you know why? Here's why. Okay, here's why. I'll tell you when we get into this. You're taking Michigan money line? Michigan money line. Save the the... the clip. And here's why. Win the game outright, or you've won nothing. Win the game, or it doesn't mean anything. You have accomplished nothing. There are no more excuses. Okay. there are no more tomorrows. There is no more next year. There is no more. We'll get them next season. This and that. Okay. the perception around the country is Michigan ducked Ohio last year. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? wrong? I'm not saying what the reality is. I'm saying the perception is they ducked them. Okay. Okay. what's the only way you can come back from that? You got to you got to take care of business at home. Yeah, am I wrong? It's at home. Okay? I'm not telling people to trail me on this pick. I'm saying I'm taking a money line because you either do it now or you
6: do it never. There are no what, more tomorrows. What, what is Michigan, Michigan going to have to do to beat Ohio State? We're going to do the keys to victory, okay. right? Excuse me. This no, yeah, week, no. and I'm yes. going to beg your
0: brother do... to let me jump in on the Michigan yeah, keys no, to victory you this look. week. you got it. It's, okay, then I'm yeah. going to save that. Okay. There's enough fodder to last the week, oh, and I've is. got a couple texts. We're we'll trying to get some guests Thursday in. we Friday. So there's going to be plenty on that, and it's going to involve voodoo dolls and, and all sorts yeah. of stuff wow. that they need they Jobu. need the whole bag okay <laughs> you guys
4: you're gonna bring you gotta bring your job but to seriously
0: it's like we said on saturday this game used to mean so much you know like they, they have to show up you know make and, it mean something And it's before time. we wrap
4: i i do got to ask you you one question if you're watching the game and we'll be be with you on saturday mm-hmm. if you're watching the game and michigan does beat ohio state the last second that clicks on. Mm-hmm. that
0: Blaine was asking me this, go ahead. Will
4: you hold your son up like Simba from the Lion King, like in front of the TV, like to the gods? Or like, how
6: does that work out?
0: Blaine was asking me, what are you going to do if Michigan wins? We're gonna wake up tomorrow and we're gonna go recruiting. Okay, you you have accomplished <laughs> nothing. No, there is no room to celebrate. Wow. You have to do 15 more of these wow. in a row. Okay, 20 more of these. All wow. right, there's no room to celebrate. There is no rushing the field. There are no goalposts oh, coming down. The field, no, they they're will. not. No, they're not. Yeah, they will. No, they're not because I'm gonna put out. We're gonna. I'm gonna put out a video this week. <laughs> if you do luck around and win this game, you will not storm the football field. You know why?
1: because you, know you, you expect
0: to beat them, <laughs> yeah. okay, there's, every season. A and if you beat them, you get ready on Sunday to do it again next year. The next year and then the next year and then the next year. And for our Ohio State fans in the chat and in the Booster Club, listen, you are the standard. You are the standard. Like That's what I'm saying. You come on here and you just you got to call spades spades. I'm not unbiased, but you are the standard, okay, yep. and it's time to beat them. It's time to I beat them, or just there's no they're more Just excuses. gonna be a picture
6: of Cone's face all around Michigan Stadium. If they win, it just says pointless. No, point, the standard. no, hey, the fi- says, hey, says, hey, standard. Don't storm hey, the
4: field.
0: Wake up and go
6: recruiting.
4: It's just like it's like he's pointing at it. Like it's yeah. like
6: no, no, th- no, the standard. <laughs>
4: and the next one, he's like James Bond with a gun. It's like don't storm the field.
6: Yeah. Yeah. So so he's like looking at it like this. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm definitely not storming the field. Yeah. Yeah. It's like should Russell I? Uh, Cone's eight
4: foot
0: tall. he could be hiding outside the stadium looking, <laughs> looking over it, right? Should I go ahead and put an X on that one or just no, 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 look. If it hits, look, I don't even. It's the the a points. lot
6: different than 19.5-point spread, buddy, and 75 and well half Yeah, half and I know you're going to get it's into
0: that when we do our Iron Bowl yeah. prep this week. I mean, look, yeah. it's the best week of the year, man. It, it is. You can, and it's that's the thing. It's the most thing. That's wonderful the thing, man. time of the year. Of the year. Dun, 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 dun.
4: It's rivalry week.
0: Clip that. Yeah, for
4: sure. That Clip was beautiful. that one.
0: I feel the like harmony pitch only perfect. a brother's heart like pitch the perfect Everly four, Brothers or something yeah. for
4: sure but no great show guys shout out to the Booster Club make sure you hit the subscribe button uh, on the volume YouTube channel if you joined us on Twitter live today be expecting a little more of it we're going to keep coming uh, to you guys live uh, from the volume Twitter handle hit the notification button as well and like uh, Oregon's chances of making the playoff after this past weekend until tomorrow we're going going gone
5: the J-Boy show is produced by David Cohn associate producer Blaine Crane Audio engineer Faison Sharif, executive producers Jake Crane, Vince Thompson, Steve Chamberlain, and David Cohn, voiceover announcer Mark Aston. Please subscribe to The Volume on YouTube, where you can catch us live weekdays at 3 p.m. Win the water cooler with
2: The J Boy Show.
1: The Volume.